I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. You wanted more? Here's season four of The, the Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Sorry, I was trying to do our thing to the theme of I want to be in America. No, I was going to do today bum, bum. on The Connor and Smith bum, Show. Bum. We are talking to. Kyle, Kyle Kaufman. Um, Kyle Kaufman uh, was a guest on season one. Uh, uh, we were pre-release of West Side Story, the latest musical film, seven Oscar nominations. Um, Kyle is the very first person you see in that film popping up from a, uh, I guess it's like a sewage kind of like a manhole cover thing. Um, and Kyle is in so much of the film. We were so happy and excited. Um, so we get to talk to him now that it's out about a lot more of the film and working on it and the incredible experience that he had continues to have. Uh, it's coming out on Disney plus streaming March 2nd, I believe. And, we're so excited to talk about everything West Side Story with Kyle Kaufman. Uh, so gather round. We're going to have a great discussion. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hello. Hello. Kyle! How are we doing, fellas? How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me back. Oh my god, it is our pleasure. I'm here with Matt. What's going on? How are you, buddy? Oh, who cares? We're freezing over here in Virginia. Oh man, it's cold here too in New York. We got that chilly wind, for sure. Um, When we last spoke, uh, you were... West Side Story, the film, had wrapped... Um, but it had not opened yet. Correct. Um, and you were on the West Coast. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, when we talked to you, the feeling I got, I have to just walk you through this because it's very funny. Um, okay. I was like, yeah. well, it seems like he's in it, like some, I don't know. And then when we were planning on going to see it and we were walking our pugs right before, uh, we went and I said, you know, boy, I mean, I hope we see him in the film. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what, I think you downplayed in a major way um, what <laughs> your actual size of your role was because the movie starts and you're the first human scene. Yes. Well, a little bit of that was uh, just in case, you know, some of it ended up on the, on the cutting room floor, as they say. Yeah, but uh, it turned out, I mean, also, you know, just the uh, the position that I that my character held within the gang. Um, I was lucky to be uh, involved in a lot of the, you know, the story mechanisms. So I got you, pretty fortunate. You were front and center, like everywhere in that film and were fantastic. Um, oh, thank you. That uh, first of all, we loved the film. Um, oh, great. It was freaking amazing. Um the the colors the the cinematography the costumes so the like 
every the the reimagining of um several of the numbers mm-hmm. uh the, the first ones to come to the top of mind are uh something's coming um with uh you know having tony not be alone um mm-hmm. and having rita marino with him uh the uh cool the reimagining of cool being all about that gun was yeah. freaking amazing so genius right and you know a funny story about that is that was i believe the idea that intrigued justin peck in the first place when they approached him because i think he was a little like uh it's iconic i don't know you know i'm not sure if i should be touching this or if anyone should but as soon as he found out about cool and how they were going to structure the story around that that was what really got him excited and kind of you know helped him dive headfirst into it and i i agree i think all those are tony kushner's um ideas and things that he brought to the script that you know changed the normal narrative a little bit but still felt like it fit the story so well you know what i mean it wasn't like these wild departures they just seemed to really serve the material and um cool was was definitely one of those and that was also the first thing that we filmed um oh, so that really? was my, yeah that was my first introduction to the the filming process and it was nice because there was um i think only six of us yeah six of us there doing that um and they they had built that nice beautiful pier on the uh somewhere on in brooklyn for us and so it was a really great way to sort of be introduced to what we were going to do and how we were going to approach the movie. Um, so you, you had already, had you already done the, the Jerome Robbins version? He did on Broadway. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, and I've done it a few different times and I learned it all from people that were in the room with Jerome Robbins, uh, usually for Jerome Robbins Broadway. A lot of those people, they're kind of setting it now. Um, so I got to, I feel like I, and you know, they all have slightly different takes on it. Um, and so I got, I feel like my, uh, I don't know, the, the part of that pie, that slice of pie in my knowledge is, is really wide. And um, I, so I've always loved it. And it was really cool, you know, no pun intended, to have this new version also to be a part of since I've been so deeply involved in the old one. Was cool the most deconstructed choreography in, in the movie? Um, I believe so. And what do you mean by deconstructed? As far as getting away from the original, uh, I mean, what, there was a yeah. lot of Rob, Robin still in the gym and right, in right. America and, and stuff, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and I think this one, we were trying to walk the line between, you know, paying um, homage to the Jerome Robin stuff and kind of giving little familiar things here and there, but also, um, you know, making it new and interesting and also serving the story. That was always the main focus when we were filming was the audience being able to understand the story um, through the lens and how the camera was moving through the choreography and all that. Um, so Steven and Justin worked kind of hand in hand on making that like a, a new sort of breeding ground for the dance as storytelling in the film. I will say this. Um... Uh, of course, I love and revere the original film version. Um, but what I loved about the newer, because, yeah, there was a lot of Robin's isms in mm-hmm. there, but it was tweaked enough to feel new. Um, and you guys felt like a tough gang. You didn't feel like a gang of ballet dancers. Mm. Um, that that didn't read at all. Like the movements were a lot more angular. There were a lot more clenched fists and and like it just feel it felt more gritty. Um, I loved the uh, how we kind of started with the 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 development area, the redevelopment area 
Yeah, that's um, so interesting, right? Well, yeah, even getting into the history of that and that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the truth in that and how like you're the especially the, the jets were living in a world that was disappearing and they were going away and the, there was they found a way. I, it's funny. I don't know if they brought the modern into it or if it was always there and just kind of exposed more um, like numbers like Officer Krupke that I sometimes kind of wait to till it passes like right. felt uh, i was i loved the reimagining uh and the same i, I kind of feel the same with i feel pretty where it's like it's it's fine but the reimagining of of maria you know working in that department store and the, the yeah the the kind of american dream promise um of those mannequins and everything it, it was so ingenious um yeah it really was and that's it's funny because um the revival that we did arthur lawrence who was the original writer of the book he directed that and so we had a lot of really interesting sort of like firsthand conversations about the piece and uh numbers that like you bring you brought officer krupke up he was always saying how that was such a tricky number in the show to make work and a lot of little things like that like what you're talking about and um david saint who was the assistant director and who um is in control of the Lawrence estate now. He was a part of the film as well. And it's it's when you have a mind like Tony Kushner and sort of all this time, like you've, you said, it was always modern, but you know, the movie's like 50 years old now. Um, so there's so much time to let those things kind of percolate and have someone, a mind like Tony Kushner come in and be able to like bring this new life to it. I, it so it was so interesting. and, and that was a big focus. You know, we had historians come in and talk to us during rehearsal about what it was like in New York and the difference between the migrants and um, the, the natives, so to speak. And um, yeah, our, our knowledge just, we did so much kind of behind the scenes work. Um, and I think hopefully even if a lot of it doesn't get left in the movie at the end, it still kind of informs everything that we're doing. So. Right. Um, the, uh, and I'm just I'm just for, for those who have not seen, I hope you have shut off this podcast because you should go see it and then yes. come back and listen. I don't yes. want to spoil anything, but um, even brilliant little tweaks like uh, Tony and Maria going behind the bleachers. I know. Um, yeah. Which to me, I was like, oh, finally, because uh, in the magic of theater, you can have them both in a pin spot and it's beautiful and everyone else is dancing and. And I'm always like, doesn't anybody else see this? How come this is allowed <laughs> to go on so long? Exactly. So that in a film, they clearly put it in a more literal sense. Having Rita Moreno, who was incredible. Um, yeah, she's great, right? In, in the, the, the role that she was, but still keeping the history of Doc. And like, that was her husband. And yep. the, the uh, interracial marriage aspect there coming through. Um, her singing some somewhere um just uh, so many small things that added to this being a brand new so uh, amazing experience to, it was like i was watching the show for the first time but yet i feel like in a cinematic sense it is the best of that you know source material it's the best presentation of it i think now in existence i know there's only two but I mean, 
no, as I, I was watching it, I was thinking like you are now in one of those classic movies for all time. I mean, and that's got to be like a weird feeling. It's a, it will be a classic forever. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the interesting thing is sort of where it's going to end up in the history books, um, so to speak, and what, what kind of part of the culture it's going to play. And, um, you know, it was a little, when I first saw the movie, all the scenes that I was a part of, I couldn't really see them objectively. You know, it was really, it was a strange experience, but things that I had never seen before that I wasn't there for the filming of, like the thing you're talking about in the gym when they're under the bleachers or like the little part where Maria gets dressed in the morning and the scherzo music is playing behind her, like little things like that were so, I don't know, just it was such a joyful experience for me because I, I hold that show in such a deep place in my heart. And you're right, they, they sort of hit, they did the best of both worlds in a way that didn't seem like it was going to be possible, but you have people like that, you know, at the top of their craft and that's what happens. Can I ask a, a couple of stupid questions? Please. So when you're doing a musical um, and you have like a, a table read where everyone gets the entire script, the entire score, you sit around and read it and you see everyone that's going to be in the show. Does anything like that happen in, in the film world for like, um, a, a situation like this? Well, we did have one table read, um, but it was pretty, mostly the, like, because we went in for dance rehearsals a few months earlier um, to start with the choreography. And when it came to the acting, um, Stephen doesn't like to rehearse because he's afraid that something magical is going to happen in the rehearsal and the camera is not going to be there to catch it. Um, so we did have that one table read, but mostly, you know, there was a, a lot of, um, there was like two scripts that were in the studio that we could check out for little periods of, of a time and, and read, um, but they weren't sending it out to us. You know, they were making sure it stayed private and, um, you know. They, so they kind of don't want people to know some of the, the spoilers that's going to happen. Like Exactly. Yeah. They want these fresh ideas to stay fresh and to surprise people when they see them. And even us as the cast, you know, not to start blabbing around on social media or whatever, like we tend to do. Um, right. Um, do they send you like a, a link Friday night before the opening to watch it or uh, no, we actually, it was the first time when you were all dressed up at the theater? Well, we did get one before uh, the premiere and it was just the cast. Uh, all the Sharks and the Jets, and they rented a movie theater, the one on Lincoln, it's by Lincoln Center, it's on like 68th and Broadway, and so we got there at 10 in the morning, and we had a private screening for us, and um, that was a pretty special day, I mean, also we hadn't seen each other in a long time, and a lot of stuff has happened over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything, so um, like a lot of us met at this diner uh, a couple blocks away first, and then it was one of those things where people kept getting off the subway and walking past the diner to get to the movie theater. And then they'd see us all in the window. So by the end, right. we had like 25 people in this diner and it's like nine 15 in the morning and all these people that go in there for the part of their routine. were just like, who are these kids? Like what is happening? Um, and as we left, they were like, we're really happy for you, but we're also really happy to see you go or something like that. Um, <laughs> but then when we got into the theater, you know, we kind of had free reign. So they didn't even tell us or anything, make an announcement. We were all standing around talking and then the movie just started and so anytime we knew a special scene was coming up, everybody would like go next to that person in the theater and like grab onto him. And so because they knew I was gonna be the opening shot or they hoped at the beginning had all these people around me like sitting on the floor and grabbing my legs and grabbing my shoulders and all yelling. Like every time anyone got like a, their first 
time with their face on screen. The whole theater just like stood up and clapped and screamed, and it was it was pretty cool. Oh, that's so badass! I mean, yeah. just that that whole evening of feeling like, first of all, you're in a a movie theater by yourself. Number two, you're in the movie that you're watching. When yeah, you it's pretty wild. Network and you're with. Yeah, that's so and we cool. really did feel like a company in that in that movie because we spent so long in rehearsal together and the filming was kind of this big thing and we spent a lot of time together uh, the Jets but also the Jets and the Sharks uh, off offset and we we're all good friends a lot of us went back a lot of years so uh, we did really have a feeling of like a theater company when we were making that yeah because totally even when you're filming the movie you're 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 working in a collaborative form and making sure that you're taking care of each other's backs as far as your your choreography and you know mm -hmm. all of that feeling is still there even though it's being filmed yeah exactly and kind of us all discovering it together because not many of us had had a lot of film experience or if we had it wasn't necessarily dance on film musical experience so we kind of all got to climb all those hills collectively at the same time so that was really nice Wow. And then you get like, you know, invitations from all your friends that says, hey, we're going to watch West Side Story. We need you to come to the, our living room. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. My mom, uh, she lives in Ireland and she came through and we ended up going to the movies quite a lot when she was here. <laughs> wow. We saw the movie in Shirlington, which is near the, the Signature Theater. And okay. there was maybe six people there for like the two o'clock show. We took Stephen's mom. Oh, nice. and, and I tell you, you know, just watching anything on the big screen anyways is so beautiful. But I I was so moved to tears several times in the film. I just thought it was so brilliantly done and just really felt like I was not watching. I don't want to say why, not watching a musical on, on, on screen, but it really mm. felt like I was watching something just cinematic. It was just so awesome. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, thanks for saying that. And and like those those guys, like I was saying, I mean, they're they're just so talented. And it was so cool to be on set and to see this whole team. And they've been doing movies together. I mean, Janis Kaminsky, who is the uh, cinematographer, he's done a lot of movies with Steven. And he said one time on set, he was just, Steven was talking to us. And he's like, oh, yeah, Janis and I won a couple Oscars together. We were like, oh, cool. And then later we went home and looked it up. And it was Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> that they had worked on and so we were like oh man like this is legitimate and it was so much time and and you know the, the filming i liken it to kind of tech rehearsal in uh in the theater world because there's so much just technical stuff and standing around while they're setting up all these shots and um you know the cameras or these we, we they were filming on film so that adds its own sort of complexity to the the mechanical aspects of what they're doing and there's all these people on these big rigs and people with the lights and people holding you know dimmers and dampers and smoke machine and wind guys and people resetting things and it's just such a I don't know it's like a hive of ants like just doing all these things and Steven's kind of at the at the top you know directing everything and it, it, it was just so nice he would ask he had such a great demeanor and it was such a, a pleasant time on the set and he would ask us of course to do hard things but the crew has to do these amazing things and they don't really get as much recognition for it like if the shot goes really well for the actor, like there's a lot of celebration. And like after we finally nailed down that opening shot of me, um, there was a big moment where I got to watch the playback with Steven and everybody was around watching us watch it. And we got to have a hug and all this stuff. But all the cameramen who have these complicated, you know, dials and measuring tapes and trying to get the focus and doing all this stuff, it's just as soon as they get it, they're just like, all right, great, on to the next one, you know? Um, 
so it was just it was wild to see like the level of professionalism that everybody had and that's why it comes out looking that way because it has you know it starts in steven's mind and then all those people can make it look like that or even better you know it's pretty spectacular in between each take when you're dancing every time they stop is there like a whole crew reapplying sweat and makeup so it looks like you're you are you you aren't hot and you are hot at the same time yeah there was a lot of that there was a lot of uh hair and makeup especially especially once we get into like the rumble and beyond because we film that stuff so not necessarily in order and sometimes we'd go weeks without returning to like the middle of the scene just shot from a different angle and all that kind of stuff so we always had to take pictures of ourselves at the end of the day and then we'd go into the hair and makeup trailer at the beginning of the day with the photos and they'd make us you know with the paint on the hands all that kind of stuff and ah, um, so they would take of, a yeah. picture yep at the exactly, end so the next day they knew basically what you had ended the day with yep and then you're like you were saying in between takes there were you know people rushing up with like spray bottles of sweat and moving your hair and putting this thing this piece of dust you know rubbing it more into your jacket stuff like that it was a lot of that going on you go are you going to snl tonight no i i, I can't go but i'm super excited can, can, can we come up <laughs> <laughs> we, we if we left now we'll we, yeah well we'll be watching uh you could probably get that on channel i 11 30. yeah I'm, I'm super excited for that yeah for those Ariana, who don't I mean, it's, it's so great to see Ariana getting all this recognition and Rachel too, but um, you know, I got to share a couple scenes with Ariana and she was such a pleasure to work with. And um, I just think I've seen the movie a bunch now, but her moments still affect me so much emotionally, no matter how many times I've seen them. So I'm super happy for her. Um, and so for those who don't know, Ariana DeBose uh, is who played Anita is hosting SNL tonight. Um, and and she's yeah her star is majorly rising through i mean this isn't the first thing she's done but it's this has no. been the splashiest biggest thing i think so far and you know there's oscar buzz and all kinds of stuff so that's going to be an, an interesting next step as well i'm sure seeing what com comes in for this film it's got to be tough for any film opening in a covid you know especially mm -hmm. when spikes and everything happening and i would imagine that um the uh grosses weren't what anyone wanted um but i would yeah. also imagine that the target audience were probably not as comfortable going out because they're probably target audience probably sways a little older for this film right? i think so yeah i think that was kind of what i've picked up sort of from the intersphere is that the, the main target audience of this this sort of movie is uh, people 35 and above, specifically women 35 and above. And mm -hmm. those are the least likely people to go out to a movie theater during this time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's kind of not for me to really worry about or think about. I mean, it's still by far the most <laughs> number of amount of people that have seen me do anything in my career. So sure. I kind of always look at it like that. And also, it is kind of the way things are going now where the streaming platforms have sort of taken over the way people watch things. And I believe that our movie was worth going to see it on the big screen. I think there was, you know, some magic there like we've been talking about. But I think once it does be become available on the streaming um, websites, it's still just going to become even more, um, you know, ubiquitous. I, I would think so. I would think that this... Uh 
would follow the track of a lot of similar films that maybe even in their initial release uh, didn't come back with numbers, but those numbers will be there in the future mm -hmm. to bring back all the receipts that the studio would want to see. Um, yeah, uh, when do you know when it is heading to streaming platforms? I'm not sure about any of that. I know it's supposed to have a 45-day theatrical release, so we're coming up on that pretty soon within the next week or two. Um, but then I'm not sure exactly, you know, what kind of rights and deals are in place between which studios. I mean, I know Disney owns Fox now, so it could be on Disney Plus. But I, I also heard something that they might have some kind of past deal with HBO. So, yeah, long answer. I don't really know. Well, we can't wait for when that whenever that comes out. Um, speaking of Stevens, you keep mentioning Steven and I'm going to clarify for uh you know, people in Nebraska, that's Steven Spielberg. But we yep. did lose another Steven uh, during this past break between when we spoke. We lost, of course, legendary composer and lyricist for uh, this film, um, Steven Sondheim. Absolutely. Um, was was Steven ever able to come to the set of this this production? Well, he wasn't. I don't believe he was on set, at least not any of the scenes that I was filming, um, but we did spend some time with him. Um, he came and spoke to us once during rehearsal, um, which was amazing. We got to ask him questions and um, I met him briefly before when we did the revival, but you know, it was me and a whole room full of people all waving and kind of making gaga eyes at Steven Sondheim. Right. Um, but uh, he was there when we recorded all the music. He was in the booth with, Janine Tesori and the music people and Gustavo and um, so he was we got to really you know hear his voice coming into the headphones and giving notes or giving explanations or things like that um, so that was that was really a, a great experience um, and he was really pleased with this version he I think it's been pretty well publicized that he Westside's not his favorite of the things that he's worked on um, just as a piece I, I don't think but he he really liked this version a lot well, I, I, I would, I would imagine so. I mean, it, it was, uh, we left the theater just kind of dumbfounded, like just in a haze of like that great feeling that you so seldom get anymore about like after you see a film that's really like knocks your socks off, checks all the important boxes and like yeah. destroys you, puts you back together again. Um, it did all those things. Um, so I just, I have to ask because this like three fourths of the way through the movie, I'm like, all right, Kyle's got to start getting like calls about being in other things like immediately after this film <laughs> comes out. I'm sure that's not magically how it works, but you look great on the big screen. Um, oh, you were you. very charismatic. Your acting was fantastic. Your dancing's beautiful, of course. Like, how does this work now? You have this great notch in your belt. Like, how do you parlay this into the next steps? I mean, I'm not trying to be too intrusive or you know, question your agents. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious, like, okay, so how, how do we say, hey, I'm the dude that was in West Side Story that you saw first and I'm in the <laughs> film. You, wouldn't you like me in your next film? Like, what, what's that journey for you? Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it's not like, you know, I was fielding phone calls, like, you know, as soon as it opened or anything like that. Um, 
but I have made some contacts, uh, people that have, you know, seen the, the movie and are very interested and complimentary and stuff like that. But um, it's just sort of, it's just like anything else, you know, I mean, most things are self-taped now. So I've been making self-tapes and um, just hoping that some more film and TV work will come along because I've really had a great time doing it. I mean, I'm not so sure about what kind of career path I would take or anything, but just the fact that I could do that some more and, you know, make my living doing that would be really, uh, really fun. I, at least I think so. We'll see. I mean, I'm open to all things. If anyone's listening and wants to give me a job, please let me know. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing I was thinking quite honestly was like, as we all know, like the performing arts, as far as the stage is so iffy right now, and, you know, film seems to be a, a, way, a controlled environment where, you know, there's testing and all kinds of stuff that kind of ensure and there's not an audience live there. Exactly. Um, so it feels like a, a, a maybe a course correction that could be uh, done. But I'm also here just like adding to all the bullshit ridiculous theories that you do one thing and a million people call you you've got to do that one thing and then point to that one thing and then you know audition more and point back mm -hmm. to the other things and yeah it's it's not an overnight sensation kind of thing i was just so um yeah I, I i was blown away because your character in the film is ice is that correct that's right mm -hmm. and and Ice is not that prominent in the stage version. He's actually not there at all in the stage version. Ice was a character they created specifically for the original movie, um, played by the great Tucker Smith. Um, and he's the one who sings cool in the original movie. Um, he's the kind of the tall, tall jet with the icy blue eyes. Um, but okay. so I, m my character is sort of in, the, in this version, it's sort of a, a mix, kind of like what action plays in, in the theatrical version not the same character traits or anything but sort of like right. the place he occupies in the story is similar to what action does in the in the, um, the play right okay okay because i remember i was in an episode of uh, an episode an i was episode. Well, <laughs> story. well i'm so old now it just was a little episode <laughs> i was in a production once at, at uh <clears throat> on a theater center Mm -hmm. And I remember the character of Ice, and I remember that he was sort of like an added dancer because they made the, the dancers a bigger ensemble. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like, huh, this is character's Ice. I thought in our production, Ice didn't do squat. Yeah. But that's, that's, that must be, it, that must be why they just added this character from the, from the movie. Right. Into yeah, the stage play. Exactly. Yeah. And there's yeah. always, there's like a couple extra jet names kind of floating around in the bank all the way, like different productions I've seen or been a part of um, where if you need a couple extra dancers or something, there's like a couple jet names you can pull out of the hat that don't always get used. So <laughs> I guess there's no way they would actually turn the move, this new movie into a stage version, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. It, it seems like it, it would be hard to sort of replicate the things that make the movie so unique. Yeah. Well, back to what Stephen was saying about you being in, uh, in just in really great shape and watching you in the film. What do you do? What is your advice for other dancers and performers out there? Do you take class five days a week, one day a week, no day a week uh, in the living? Um, 
Well, back then when we were filming, um, we were taking class all the time, um, whether it was on set or in the rehearsal studio or whatever, just because we had a whole big group of dancers and Justin and his wife and his um, associate, his assistant, they're all from New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater. So they come from a very disciplined world of dance training and making sure, uh, you know, you just want to be in as, in the best shape possible to sort of mitigate the chances of having these kind of little injuries happening, especially when you're dancing on cobblestones or alleys with trash and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just sort of the thing. Everyone has their own thing. I mean, I haven't been taking class so much lately since the pandemic happened. Um, but usually, I mean, ballet, ballet, like a sort of foundational ballet class is sort of, for me, the best thing to keep a dancer in shape. That's always been my, uh, my go-to. Oh yeah, you you guys were dancing like in the middle of nature. Yeah. So did they? I'm assuming the answer is yes. Did they especially make your shoes to look like street shoes, but they were actually dance shoes? Um, you know, I think a lot of it was just. I think they helped us. You know, like if if we try on our shoes and if people needed arch support, so they needed to sort of take something in, they would. But from what I can remember, they were basically like normal sneakers um yeah but yeah we they there was a lot of testing out you know they would for like the dance at the gym or for certain things that we were doing indoors they'd sort of cut up these different like versions of floors and bring them to the set and we all kind of put our shoes on and practice doing some moves and some steps and see how it would and like give how it would take and give our feedback um but you know once you're on once you're like we were filming all that prologue stuff all those dance sequences and just the middle of Harlem, just on the street. So there's not really much you can do to compensate that. And it's funny, that, um, the guy that played Riff, who's a buddy of mine from way back named Mike Feist, who actually also came through Arena when they did Dear Evan Hansen. Um, one, that first time we did Cool and we did that sort of alleyway thing. And, you know, it's a big, there's a, a lot of big steps and jumps. And then there was all this debris around and the cobblestones were uneven. And um, I was feeling like, oh man, this is kind of, after we did the one take, I was like, man, this is rough. I don't know if I can do it the way I want to. And he was like, look, man, like this is the way it's supposed to be. However it comes out, like this, we're making a film. We're not actually dancing in a studio. So it can't always be this perfect technique. Like whatever it is, that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's kind of how he approached the acting as well. And so that was, like I said, the first thing that we filmed. Um, so from then on, it was kind of, that's the way we approached it. Like, you know what, we're here on this terrain. We're outside all day but we're trying to tell the story. And so however the movement's going to do that and however we're going to serve the movement and the story is just going to happen. So, Yeah, and that that very much came across and I think made it feel so much realer. Is realer a word? More organic. More organic. Yeah. And, and just really touched, it touched me more because I felt like I was um, kind of a part of the film watching it rather than feeling like I was watching a musical um, even though I would still be moved in the musical, clearly, but well, this goes back to what I said earlier about it didn't feel like a gang of ballet dancers. It it mm -hmm. felt like a gang, and it felt like even in the movement styles and the way that you guys kind of moved around each other, um, it felt very much like a together unit without looking like a a V formation or something, you know? Totally, yeah. Um, and that was you know very much intentional. I think that was Justin's because Stephen's main thing, or one of his main things was that he didn't want the dance to take away from some of the action scenes or some of the realism of the movie, like you're saying, like, especially during the rumble, 
you know, he was like, I don't want any sort of ballet or I can't remember what he used to say, dance slaps or ballet slaps or something like that. You know, he's like, it has to look real. Um, and Justin was always very conscious of like making it seem natural. And, and you sort of see from the prologue, he used to use the analogy of like um, a pot with boiling water, how it takes a while to simmer and bubble and then slowly turns into the, the boil. So that way we kind of ease the audience into the um, the storytelling mechanism and and sort of build it. And then by the end, you know, by the time you get to something like America, it kind of explodes up into this big cacophony. And, you know, but we, we started at a, at a really gentle pace. You were you were kind of talking about what's next for Kyle and, and whatnot. I, I'm seeing uh, a bar either in New York or in L.A. or both called Ice. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. And you walk Actually, in and there's just pictures of Kyle everywhere. <laughs> And everything's with ice. You can't get anything. Yeah. What is it called? Up? You can't get anything up. Yeah, nothing up. Yeah, it's just, up. Uh, it's just yeah. Uh, ice drinks. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> definitely, we could have some cocktails named after the different jets and sharks and stuff. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Well, I I I just don't know. Like, what what is on the horizon for you, man? Are you just kind of still riding this wild, uh, hiding out, trying not to get COVID? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's basically it, you know, like, we're trying to test out sort of what is happening with the industry. And like you were saying, it seems like the the live theater experience is maybe a little up in the air right now where that's going to go. But it seems like there's more film and TV opportunities. Um, but, you know, everything's online now. So there's not really a lot of going in in front of casting directors or directors or anything like that in person. Um, so maybe that works out in our benefit or maybe not. And you just kind of have to ride it out and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so interesting. It's, you know, we're here again. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, everybody we're open. Just kidding. Yeah, and currently isn't equity. Uh, are they trying to change something? Like if, if, if we close a, a show, uh, the actors will get paid less while we're closed or something like that. Mm, maybe. I mean, that was I'm not some sure the, on all that, but some of the like deals that, that were worked out with current Broadway shows, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean that's just them trying to keep actors employed, but yet not lose their shirts. I mean, it's it's got to be oh. a difficult because um, because uh, just holding those houses mm -hmm. for you know yeah. till March is just yeah. like so daunting to think that we're. We've got another big COVID like couple months ahead of us before, and it's 2022. Yeah, that's it's just freaking yeah. unreal. Um, and we're still in our living room where you left us when we last spoke. <laughs> um, yeah, literally in the same place. Um, Kyle, we love you so much. We're so proud of you. Uh, oh, next time you come so to much, Washington, thanks. we would like a, an autographed West Side Story movie poster. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but but uh, we wish you nothing but the best. I want you to keep in touch with me. Let me know what you're up to and what's coming next. But um, we'll do. I'm just yeah. so so proud of you, man, and all of your amazing work. And we're gonna continue to be your biggest fans and supporters here in Arlington. All right. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me back on. It's a pleasure as always. And you know, thanks for going to see the movie and supporting us and having all those great things to say about it. Absolutely, 100. percent All right. All right, my friend, take care. You too. Nice Bye. talking to you guys. Have a good one. You too.
thanks so much for being with us, Kyle. We appreciate it, and we can't wait for you know the three peat. When's the the third guest gonna be? We're we're gonna figure out a time in the future. We love talking to you. Um, I am so excited about all the Oscars for uh, the noms for West Side Story. It's well deserved. It's a beautiful film, um, and I'm I can't wait till to watch it again on Disney Plus March second. Um, we're going to have our own little, like, watch party here. Um, and, yeah. I feel like we've had a watch party here for two years. For two years. Yeah, we're just watching other things. We're just watching. But right now we're watching the Olympics. Well, if you want to watch us, you can visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Thank you. And Smith with an I. Well, and follow us on Facebook (laughs) and TikTok. It's not well. It's that's valid because it's not with a Y. It's not Smythe or Smooth. Uh, Facebook and TikTok, Connor and Smith. You'll find us there too. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. And um, yeah, we we thank you for tuning in. We're really loving all the feedback and everything we're getting from people. We hope we see you again tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, that's coming up. All right. Bye. Bye.